Welcome to the State of Men. I'm Aiden Dowling. And I'm Mike Watts. And in today's podcast, we'll be talking about fatherhood and the lessons learned, which there are many. Uh, But today we're going to chat about our top three. So if you're already a father, I'm sure you'll understand a lot of these. And if you are a person who'd like to become a father, there's definitely some things you can think about in today's podcast. So excited to get into it. And before we do so, Mike, I saw you saw Virgin River, the ending. Tell me about it. What'd you think? Well, I don't want to spoil it for anybody right? if they haven't seen it. So we'll keep it. I think it was uneventful. Okay. That's the way I looked at it. It's, I told Kate, we were like halfway through season three and I told Kate, I was like, I feel like I'm an afternoon, like I'm at home at 12 o'clock in the afternoon watching a soap opera. Mm. That's what I felt like Virgin River has turned into. And but doesn't mean I didn't stop watching it, right? Of course, you got to <laughs> see what plays out. But for me, it, there was a lot left open. Right. And we'll just put it that way. A lot of storylines that did not close. There's just a lot of storylines, period. I think there's yes that for me in any show that's like drama related, right? I always feel like they go too much. It's like every, every single person has something going on, which... I know in real life happens, but I feel like not every person has something going on nonstop all the time. Right. That's where I'm just like, really? Like everyone is having something to deal with. That's very, like very intense, right? (laughs) Yeah. And Jack is in the middle of everyone. Right. Right. Besides the preacher situation with uh, Paige, he is not in the middle of that yet. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, it's interesting though, just like how those things suck you in. Do you watch them all in a row? You space them out. Uh, we watch like a show a night, most likely some t- this week we actually watched two cause of like Kate was leaving today. So we're like, let's get it done. But if we had more <laughs> time, usually we're done watching TV by nine o'clock. So if we started earlier then we keep watching it, um, type thing. But yeah, so it's been spaced out probably over two weeks. Yeah, yeah, no, same here, same here. We used to just like watch it all night and then it's midnight and we're like, our child's going to be up in five hours. What the hell are we doing? Um, so, yeah. What did you think? Uh, I thought it was I thought it was definitely opposite of what you said, which is very eventful. And like just because there was so much on the table and that's when I start to feel like, are we like grabbing at straws here? Like, why is there so much going on? Because it just, it gets too messy in my head. Because you've got to remember Agreed. every single storyline and something's going on with everyone. And then you lose the main character. And that's what has drawn you in to begin with. So I, I feel like a lot of, uh, a lot of shows do this. And then all of a sudden, you know, they all die after four seasons. Yes. Right. And then we have other shows that are like eight, nine, 10, 12 seasons. And it's mostly because they stuck to one character. And there are other storylines, but the one character is the main character. And, you know, that's why you're there to begin with. So, you know, but I'm also like not a writer. So I have no idea what actually works on TV. <laughs> it's, it's true. I'm, but, you, you know, as a viewer, you have your feet. It's, I think, would be, we could even do a deep dive if we ever got who plays Jack. I don't know his name. Oh, I don't know. If we had him on the podcast, because the way they portray him as a man 
I find is pretty interesting. Yes. Yes. And the yeah, I feel like he's softened up a lot this season. If we call it that, yeah. 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 But I think after season one was like the macho woodman guy. Yeah. Like and then, but he also softened because he got two. To me, I feel like he got so overwhelmed. So I bring all that to my own life and he just wants to make everybody happy. Right. So he's going to run around. Yeah. Mm. I just think there's a whole we could talk a whole for 30 more minutes just about the way Jack <laughs> is portrayed. Yeah. As a man. And I haven't thought about that till you started sharing what you just shared. That should be a future episode just about men and how they're shown on TV. I think that would be interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. Mm hmm. So cool. I, how was your what's up with you? Yeah, I had I had an inner ring interesting interaction I wanted to bring um today which is yesterday we you know it's our little mini staycation here and so we've just been going out exploring austin which we haven't been able to do because we've been stuck inside all of last year and i had a very interesting interaction with three little girls that were not my own i have one son and i'm gonna keep it that way (laughs) and so they were different ages like five uh, one of them said they were five one of them said there was like three and like a two-year-old or something like that, fairly close in age. And they kept pointing out the differences in me and their father, who was not even there, but they literally just kept saying, first they asked me about my lip ring. They were like, why do you have, what's the jewel, why do you have jewelry in your mouth? (laughs) And I never know how to answer that. So I just kind of say, oh, because I like it. I think it looks cool. Do you like it? And then they usually say it's weird or no, or sometimes they say yes, but that's more on the rare occasion. Um, and then then they pointed out I had my necklace on, and they were like, boys don't wear jewelry. And then this is where this whole like a conversation started coming up, which mm. was like, I was like, I don't know about that. I mean, I, I see a lot of boys who wear jewelry. I wear jewelry. And I'm like, I have a ring, I have, a, you know, my watch, my bracelet. She's, she's like, you only have a, a ring on because you're married. And I was like, well, I mean, that is a true statement, right? Like, <laughs> all right, five-year-old, you've got me, right? That's true. Um, although I, I do have other rings. I have a ring right here that I like to wear sometimes. So, um, but then the conversation kept going because she's like, well, girls wear jewelry and boys don't and i have my son there and he's got one of those uh beaded necklaces on and i was like oh Mm -hmm. well antler has a necklace on show him your necklace antler and he's like oh you know um and they're like well he's a baby so they had all these excuses right Mm. so it was almost like she was saying real men don't wear jewelry but you're married so you have a ring on and you know he's a baby so he can wear whatever he wants so to speak and it felt really awkward because if it was my son saying things like this, I would have a very specific conversation with him, right? About how jewelry is expression and like, however somebody wants to express themselves, they can do that. Like, that's totally fine. And no one category of jewelry is made for boys or girls, but this isn't my kid. And I really try to respect that. Like, people raise their families in certain ways. And I'd much rather have a conversation with the parent than the Mm five-year-olds about this. Cause it just feels like out of line. Like it just like, I'm not, I'm not your teacher. I'm not your friend. I'm like, I'm totally out of line to be talking to you about jewelry and their gender roles. (laughs) 
So I, a couple of times I wanted to talk to the mom and just call the mom over and be like, Hey, like, you know, I feel like maybe y'all need to have a conversation or maybe I should step away from this. And, and it was very confrontational for me inside myself because as a transgender activist, I'm like, all right, kiddos, like sit down. I'm going to teach you all about gender roles and we're going to, we're going to knock this out right here, right now. Um, but again, it just didn't feel like my place. My wife, Jane Lee was with me and she doesn't see it that way. She's just like, like, okay, let's do this. Like, we've got this opportunity. We're going to, we're going to mold this mind. Mm -hmm. And I just, I don't know, something about it felt like not my place. And I, I think I come from it. Like we as a family right now choose not to eat meat and I wouldn't want someone coming up to my kid antler in the, on the park and being like, come over here. I'm going to tell you why, you know, we need to eat steak and chicken and this and that. Right. And cause it just, you know, it wouldn't be whether their points were, whatever their points were, it just wouldn't be appropriate. And so I just walked away because I felt like the quickest, <laughs> that was the quickest solution. And, and then I kind of thought about the rest of the day, like, this is a moment I had, you know, I had come up with all of these scenarios of like, maybe, you know, she's got two younger sisters. She has a mom. She, you know, clearly has a dad. Maybe the dad is the only male in her life. You know, the only man, maybe her teachers are women, like, and maybe she's just thinking about the differences that she sees with her eyes. Maybe she's being taught this at home. I don't know. But it made me realize that there's just so like, this is when we solidify those differences. Mm -hmm. And, and then we kind of like, start like, sh she wasn't questioning them, but she was voicing them. And then people, adults either confirm or deny whatever they're saying. So it's just a really interesting, you know, again, being a trans guy, be having a my own kid and learning, you know, he's very much the stereotypical, you know, what you're told that boys like to do, which is like run around and like push people and throw things and cars and trucks and trucks and cars. So it's just very interesting to me. I, I mean, have your, you have two girls. Did they, have they ever expressed like, Oh, boys don't wear jewelry or whatever. No, not the jewelry conversation. Uh, I can't remember. I think with the way we handle it is sometimes if we're watching TV, because a lot of times, you know, drag queens, like stuff like this, like mm. watching RuPaul's drag show. Right. They're like, so those are men or those are boys dressed as women. And we're like, yep. And it's just for them to understand what's going on. Or if she says a lot of times, because right now, you know, they, they Kate told me there's this thing because they they your Penelope says my five year old be like, I want to marry a guy named Mike, <laughs> you know, so and Cute. I was like, OK, to me, I'm like, well, that's kind of weird. You know, you're marrying your father. But Kate was like, this is normal because yeah, you're like not that the predominant guy in your life right so i didn't know this so i was like <laughs> okay that makes sense but then she would be like so a girl's gonna marry a guy etc i was like not all the time i was like sometimes girls can marry girls and boys can marry boys and we have books that explain this as well so we you know they pick them out and we read them at night so i think when it comes to the stereotypes with our own kids 
we, you know, it's basically as simple as like, not all the time. Here's a different scenario where that could be possible. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's just listening to what they have to say. And a lot of if kids are playing around here, it's like, I just, it's all about like, what do I actually want to deal with right now? Right. Like, (laughs) I don't want to be the activist 24 seven. Right. Right. Like there's sometimes you just don't feel good. Right. If you're like, I just want to be by myself playing with my kid. Right. Which I don't think there's a problem with that. Right. So if it's a place where I'm like, because a lot of times in a situation like you went through, I'll just address it with the kid right there to be like, yeah, that's not entirely true. I mean, just look at hip hop. Right. It's like Mm -hmm. there are men and, you know, that's a badge of honor. How much how much bling you got you're carrying around. Right. 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 So it is is this play. Yeah. So for me, it's just like how do I want to address it in that moment? And then just say there is a different perspective. And then it's not, I'm not going to get into the science of everything with a five-year-old. Right. Well, I'm probably also not going to use the word perspective with a five-year-old. You probably not. No. Well, I think Um, that's, that's kind of what I did. I just kept saying, no, look at me, look at this, look at that. But then when she kept going, I was just like, okay, now I'm just like, you know, as you said, you know, like, I, I just don't, this isn't my time to talk to you about this. Like this, I need to have a conversation with your parent and then they need to have a conversation with you. Right. Some kids are just just annoying. Like, I don't want to deal with you. Very true. So right. It's from that perspective too. It's like, if it gets to the place and just keeps going. Yeah. It's just like, I don't want to, I'm done talking to you right now. Right. Right. (laughs) It's interesting. Cause I feel like uh, a sense of like, I should, engage in some capacity because you know they're talking about like they're in my wheelhouse here you know what i mean <laughs> like yeah. they're like literally like i'm like this is why i do my work you know <laughs> well they're also talking about you true that's very right true. right so right. it's different than like talking about the five-year-old kid that's next door right 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 and, they're directly talking about you and i can't necessarily like as we were saying, like, you're not going to use the word perspective. And maybe, maybe you would use the word perspective. Maybe, I mean, she's five. Maybe she knows what it means, you know? Don't want to deny that. And also what she's exposed to, right? And so that's where I feel right. sometimes unsafe. Because I'm mm-hmm. like, well, I don't know if you've ever heard a hip-hop song in your whole life. Because you're right. a white family. And we live in Texas. And I don't, like, I don't make assumptions about people. But I don't, I don't know if you listen to country or all you listen to is hip-hop. You know, or you, right. or you, you yodel. I don't know. You know what I mean? So, um, again, just kind of like finding that appropriate time to talk and not to. So I did, you yeah. know, I feel like I did what I felt comfortable doing. Um, and it was just, it was just an interesting interaction that I'm sure I'm going to have more of given my son is going to turn three in the next few months. And, you know, we're going to be around babies that talk now and talk a lot. Like I, I learned all about the family. Uncle AJ didn't want them getting married. Just all this stuff, <laughs> and I was like, okay, interesting. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. Thanks kids for letting me know. Say. Yeah, I've noticed too the kids who have present parents, they are, they will have a conversation with you all day long, most of the time, right? Like I've noticed that a lot with parents that are active with their children in their lives. I mean, this is a lot about fatherhood, right? So this goes into our yeah, whole podcast today. Totally. But it's just like as they are engaging with them, that they're those children can have 
I mean, I sat down the other, we had a friend visit and he's 11 or 10 and I was like, what's up, dude? And he's like telling me all about his life and he's talking, he's like, what's up with you? How's it going in Florida? I'm like, (laughs) it like blows, I'm like, this kid's 10 years old, right? It's just the clear conscious of children when they're given the opportunity and how much they shut down when we start squashing them. True. You know, and so I just, it's, it's pretty amazing to be around, like there's 18, 19 year olds that I sit around and, you know, and have legit adult conversations with. And I'm like, wow, this is fascinating. Cause it's not something I was used to around a lot of kids. Mm, yeah. So, yeah. Well, that's an interesting, yeah. Let me know if you run into these girls again. Yeah. And, I mean, uh, I guess we'll know, see. If they, I get if a, they take you out or I not. I get to carry some extra jewelry around in case I run into them. I just be like, I have, you, could. With, you know, I'm going to put my hair up in a bun. I don't have any hair, but you know, <laughs> that's good. Now your, your five-year-old is really, the five-year-olds are really hold on to you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so this is a good kind of transition, I think, into today's topic, which is fatherhood and just kind of the things that I've learned. I mean, I, I wrote my stuff down. I, I had a bunch and I just picked some of the biggest, right? You're, we were like, pick mm-hmm. the, the three biggest lessons. So I was like, all right, let's 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 stick with just three because it can, it, there's a lot to learn uh, when you have a kid. Yes, there is. <laughs> the pause really solidified it's, it's, it's endless from the time that the kid is growing inside of the woman's body to the time it's like, it comes out and then it continually grows. Like what is happening? Yes. 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 Still the most amazing part of everything is like looking at antler and being like, you literally made that literally. Mm -hmm. You literally made that to Jenny Lee, of course. Right. Um, Right. Obviously. Yes. It's so weird too. I know. It's so strange. It's very strange. And then to think that I was made that way too. And then yeah. I look at my mom different because I'm like, my mom, like my mom, I literally, like I, my mom made me. <laughs> like, I don't know, it's something. It, and having, you know this, obviously, when you don't have a kid, but there's just something, something switches with the experience beyond, beyond being able to describe it with like the English language. Mm-hmm. So, all right. So what are like, let's, let's jump in. Three biggest lessons you've learned from being a father. Well, I'll do one, and then you can do one, and then we'll yeah, just flow awesome back and forth. Love it. Um, the first one I wrote down is that I have very little control in my life, <laughs> but I think I have a lot, right? Right. I think for a long time in my life, I thought I had a lot of control, but after I had kids, because there's this thing that you can control them, right? It's like this... I think the society you says mean, is the this, joke? Like, is the joke, you mean? Yeah, it's the joke, it's the but joke. I think it's it's leveraged from through society. I think when I think back to my own upbringing, you know, there's just this idea that we can control children. Right. And because even the even the saying of when you see baby, like when we had our kids, you see it all the time. We're out in the... They're like, oh, they grow up so fast, enjoy it. Right? So it's like control them where they're at because once they get older it's a problem right <laughs> in this this idea um yeah that's i would say that's like one of the biggest lessons to realize and so how i i heard this a long time ago is i think kate was pregnant and this guy told me one day he had a great relationship with all four of his children and i was like what's the secret mm. you know you have 
because not everybody has a great relationship with their children. So what do you, he goes, I just took the attitude that they're here to teach me and I'm not here to teach them. Mm. And so I just show up learning from them. Right. And that was an approach that allowed me to control less or to think that I needed to control the situation. And I just keep it to this day. Like my kids will ask me what they would like to learn. And, but I'm not here to like teach them, you know, they're they're I'm following their guidance of where they would like to go. Right. And then I'll just help them get there. Um, and that to me is like switched it where it's been better. But like when I want to control my child to go to sleep, right. I'd be like, just mm-hmm. go to sleep, you know, so that gets a little challenging from that perspective. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it forces me to really look at my own stuff more. Yeah. Now I relate a lot to that. I, I, especially when you don't have kids, there's this illusion of like, you know, well, I just, you know, you got to set the record, you know, they do it and you, f- you fix it once and you teach them like you, that's, that's how it's done, you know? And it's like, yeah, you, anyone who like, I can tell right away that you have no children because <laughs> you think yeah. that you can, you say, no, this is the bedtime you go to bed. And it's like, that's just not really, that's not how it works at all. Um, and control. I mean, yeah, that's definitely a, a hard one because you think it'll be easier if you can control them but it just Mm -hmm. you fight controlling them and then it's so much harder when you're just like okay you don't want to go to bed okay great you have to at least stay in your room like that's the rule right like you got to stay there you can play with your toys and when you're ready for bed knock on the door i'll come in right and Mm -hmm. it's like you're not necessarily controlling them but you're giving them some type of like you know well they need boundaries right that's the word boundaries right we all need boundaries correct so boundaries is different than control though Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Like compromising is different than control. Right. It's the authoritative perspective where we feel like we actually, it's, it's just, it's just like life. We think we can stop death. Right. <laughs> but we can't, nobody's been able to stop death yet. Right. Right. And so it, it's the same with the kid kid. It's like thinking that we can got, you know, it's like, I want that child to throw a baseball with me. Like mm, they will, right? That's why I had. That's why I want a boy. I want a boy to play catch, right? It's this imaginary fairy tale that's been told to us that that brings like the ultimate parent, right? In this way, it has nothing to do with that, yeah. You know, and like I always, I'm like, maybe my kids are interested in sports. Penelope is not good at hand-eye coordination, <laughs> right? Like she's just not. But she could. She rode a bike at three on two wheels, mm. which I didn't know that was early. People kept telling me that. I had no clue. Right. You know, and they're like, that's so early to learn to ride a bike. I'm like, okay, cool. You know, but she's really into art. So like mm. for me to force and try to control her to like throw this baseball with me, it's so frustrating. It would be a waste of time. Right. So which is interesting because it's, like, okay, it's still, yeah. that's still eye hand coordination. What? Art, art or the bike? Art. Yeah. I mean, right. Well, so it's a it's different, just, it's different. Though. Right. It's a different part of the brain. It's a different right. connection. Yeah. So it's just like, okay, I see that she's good at these things. So it's my choice whether or not I would like to engage with her. Mm-hmm. She like she like, loves puzzles. I right? see those I puzzles. She's good. Yeah, I wasn't puzzles. into puzzles, you know, but now I'm like, okay, well, if this is the, these are the things that she really likes. So it's, if I want to show up and hang out with my kid, like these are the things I'm going to learn to do. Right. Right. Um, for me. So cool. Control. Yeah. You ain't, so she's you controlling ain't got it. me. <laughs> right. <laughs> she's controlling me. That's the, you know, right. 
So. <laughs> you ain't got it. That's what that's what it is. Control? Nope. Don't have that here. We don't have control. That's right. We just that's the illusion. Go with I the control floor. my child, but really my kid controls me. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. What time you go to bed? What time you wake up? All the things. It, 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 yeah, exactly. All the things. What do you got? What do you What do you have? Uh, so I put the first as kind of like the biggest, right? So one to three. Um, I feel like I learned how selfish I was. And mm. I think a lot of times when people hear the word selfish, they think, I don't know, they have such a negative, they're like, oh, they're so selfish. Oh, you know, oh, he thinks he's selfish. Wow. He must only think of himself or be somewhat narcissistic or something, you know? Um, but at the end of the day, it's like the selfishness of not having time anymore and being like, well, I want to wake up and meditate and I want to have time to do this thing and I want to go hang out with my friend or I, right? Like the first eight months were just like me being like, well, I want to do this and I want this. And well, everything's so different. Cause I can't wake up and meditate anymore. And like that. And I just had to really notice the amount of times that I just kept thinking about myself and only myself and just being like, you know, can't do, can't do this because we have a two month old can't do that because I have a six month old can't, you know, like cleaning. I love to clean the house. It's like a, I, I just, I like clean house. I, I enjoy cleaning. It like feels like it's cleaning up my aura. Right. Um, mm -hmm. And I just, I would just get so mad that I couldn't mop the floors every week. I would just get, I would just be like, you know, like you have to watch him because I have to clean. I have to clean. And, and it was just like, do I really have to clean though? Like, do I, you know, I had to kind of go through those, but again, just all the I statements I made in the first mm -hmm. eight months made me realize, wow, Aiden, like you are just straight up only caring about your own shit. Like you chose to have this baby and be, you know, a family unit. And like, that means that I is, you know, compared to being, you know, just partnered and not having a kid, yep. the eyes got to come down. Like I'm not going to get as many eyes, you know? So it, it definitely was a very interesting to realize how selfish minded my mind became during those first that, you know, those first eight to 12 months. It's like, wow, I really just care about what I got going on and everything. I'm fitting everything else around my eyes instead of you know, becoming that family unit and then putting, you know, putting my eyes in as I needed, you know? So mm -hmm. that makes sense. Yeah. Well, it is. It's hard. Yeah. You know, to, to take it from, because like when you're in a relationship before you have a kid, that person, when you're a partner, they can take care of themselves. Right. You know? So you you're still in a dynamic that operates as togetherness, but there's still a lot of individualization individualization that's happening, right? But with a kid, there's no, that no longer exists, right? Where it's like this kid needs to like you have to give the child food, right? So it survives and like change its diaper so it's not sitting in its poop all day, right? It doesn't right? Like jump off the couch onto the yeah. you know vacuum and break its leg or something like that. Yeah, know? which is you know fine, you know, but it's uh. <laughs> fine but also more to work with like i don't need right. a two and a half year old with a broken leg just not really no. on the agenda of shit i want to do <laughs> no definitely not because that takes it away from me 
right? It takes it away from right. what I want to be doing. Right. I've I've had a really hard time with this, especially in my mornings. That's been the by far, what you said Absolutely. about meditating in the morning, like all that stuff. That is by far the place that annoys me the most. It's right. like, I want the time to myself. Before we had kids, I used to get like two hours to myself before Kate would wake up. Mm-hmm. And now it's, you know, it's now I have to wake up earlier just so I can get that time for my, I don't get two hours anymore. Like lucky 30 minutes every day, mm-hmm. 30 minutes to an hour. So yeah, I get it. All right. It's, it's, it's a big Number shift. Two. All right. Number two, I got what I'm, I'm like, I'm just, I'm, I'm good at being a dad. Like I am good at being a father, you know, and I don't have a problem admitting that. So what makes me good at it? Right. Mm. So the willingness to I'm learning this year, my biggest learning this year has been having fun. Mm. So it's been learning to have fun more with my kids. It's like thinking they only need they just need like two minutes with me. Like if they mm-hmm. want to color, it's like two minutes and they're off to something else. Mm-hmm. So for me, that is what is created um, th- for me to be better at it. So why I say I'm good, it's like I'm willing to, in the whole process to sum it up why I'm really good at it, I feel like I'm open to growth in this process and I'm willing to learn and get better mm. because that to me is why I say I'm really good at being a dad. I like just that. from the process of actually willingness to get better. Yeah. No, I love that. It's funny because I put a good thing in too when naturally I put a bunch of like quote unquote bad things and I read my list of Jane Lee and she was like, is that it? Like they're all negative. And I was like, oh yeah, okay. Maybe I should throw some positive things in there. Right. So I, well, that's my, why I, I feel like we're so hard on ourselves. Right. You know, it's like this, I have to do better at this. I have to do better at this. I have to do better. It's like, mm-hmm. actually let's look at what we're good at when it mm-hmm. comes to this. I, so this was technically my number three, but I'll bump it up to kind of come with you. Um, okay, but no, you bump I, it up. I love that. I mean, I think, I, I think that that's, it, it's, I guess it's almost similar to what I put, which is I put, I'm good at change. Hmm. Which I mean, it's kind of, you know, maybe a branch on the tree that you were just talking about, which is just I'm very good at like things changing and just rolling with it. Just being like, this Mm -hmm. was a plan. No longer the plan. We're going this way. Or, you know, even just, oh, he could he he couldn't get into this, you know, draw with all of the scissors and the knives. And now he can. So how are we going to change? Like, what are we going to implement? to kind of change that like implementing systems are very good at just kind of looking at the problem assessing implementing the system and then sticking to the system uh, which is you know kind of the the hardest part of the change but i put that i was Mm -hmm. i felt like i'm you know pretty good at recognizing when things need to shift and then stepping into it um makes me think of like even when we travel together for the three days like i have no problem just like going from one place to another to another it really it it doesn't it's fun I, I i like having new surroundings kind of constantly i also really love having a home base i like knowing that i have a place that is very familiar to me but changing rapid change it's it's fun almost in in some ways some ways yes <laughs> yeah when you're choosing to do it right, right. it goes back to our first points where it's like being on the road with you, it was great because we got to choose what we wanted to do. But where it gets hard is when we're our child is forcing us to do it in this way. True. Very true. True statement. What is one example of 
like a, a change thing, like something that you kind of resisted, but in the end, after the resistance, it was like, oh, this is better, if you can think of something. Yeah, related to fatherhood. Hmm. Do you have any? Yeah, I have one. Yeah, you share yours. Um, I'll, I'll keep brainstorming. It's definitely the bedtime routine. Mm. I resisted the bedtime for Penelope's almost six, right? Basically for like five years. <laughs> I hated the bedtime routine. Um, When she was really young, her skin was really bad. So we'd have to lay. She would just scratch and scratch and scratch and itch and itch and itch and make herself bleed. It was awful. Uh-huh. So we'd have to lay on the ground sometimes because she was so uncomfortable excuse me for up to two hours man just laying there making sure she's not itching herself we used to put we used to put socks on her hands Mm. at night and that's how she slept for about six months so she couldn't scratch herself so the bedtime routine for me has always been really hard and like in a traumatic way and then it turned into she wouldn't let kate put her down to bed because then it went from what we went through first to now she wouldn't like Kate put her down. So she would scream at the top of her lungs for about, I think it went on for 18 months. Mm. Um, I only, I could put her down. So every night I was putting her down and I just kind of resisted the whole evening experience. Um, and then it turned into, she got older and books and all these things. And I'm like, I just don't like it. I didn't like it. <laughs> you don't like reading seven books in a row. <laughs> <laughs> no so then we limit it you know then we reduce the amount of books and then we reduce songs and it got down to like two and two and it's like this is where we're at <laughs> but for me somebody told me i was talking to, i finally admitted it i think i was in therapy mm. with kate and i was just like i don't like a bedtime routine and i just said it out loud and it was a change since then where somebody was like, well, that's not going to change anytime soon. So you have mm-hmm. to, I think we were with the parent, we hired this parenting consultant to help us with some stuff. Mm-hmm. And she's like, that's not going to change. So figure, what makes it fun for you? Mm. You know, how can you turn it around so it's fun? And I would say that's what's in the past three months. Because this, this has only been like three or four months now. And it's gotten a lot better. Like mm-hmm. I don't resent the bedtime experience as much and it's slowly becoming i'm just like how do i turn this into fun and i would say breaking my knee Mm. is kind of what shifted it because i couldn't do anything where i just would lay in bed and penelope would get everything ready for bed and then she would just come into bed and i would read her books you know in bed Mm -hmm. so it just forced me to just sit there and like (laughs) let her do her thing and I couldn't chase her around, right? I couldn't chase the kids out of the room. I couldn't chase, do anything. I just laid there. Right. So right. I just, uh, I just breathed, but that was my, that's been my biggest shift for sure. Yeah. Bedtime is, it's fucking tough. Just period. End of conversation. That's pretty much it. I mean, yeah. I'm sure there's babies out there and kids who go to bed easy, but none that I've met, which would be, be nice to meet them. Well, maybe not. Cause then I'd feel like, I I play the comparison game. Um, right. So I think the biggest change for me that was a positive change that I should have done sooner was um, Antler getting hurt. So Antler is has been breastfeeding. He's almost three. And in the last, I would say, six months, we started limiting the breast milk purely because of 
just Jenny Lee and her body and she was feeling exhausted all the time and yet we're eating good and she's, you know, moving her body, but she's just always exhausted. And as we started weaning him off of the breast milk, you know, she started getting more energy. So we were like, okay, this must be something. So now, you know, I've always been very much of an advocate for Jenny Lee to choose, you know, after the six month period, like when, whenever you want to start, I mean, stop, let's do it. Like I'm here for it. Like it's your body. So you get to choose when you'd like to stop. And antler feels like he would just breastfeed until he's, you know, until he's forever. Like this boy would just be, you know, breastfeeding all day. If he really could, honestly, he really would. Um, and when he would get hurt, the, we would immediately like the only way to get this kid to relax was to just like throw him on the boob. That's what I would be. I'd be like, he's Mm. hurt. Antler fell. He went on my skateboard. He fell and busted his face like here. And I would just hand him over and she would just put him on. And it it would go from like gut wrenching screaming to just silence. And he Mm. would calm down. And then after like five or 10 minutes, he would just be, he'd pop off and he'd be like, what's good. What's up? Everything's fine. And so I've, I always did this. And as we've been, Jaylee's been really reclaiming her body as her own. I've had to not give him the breast. And so one thing that really changed that was good, but it was really hard. And it's still very hard at times because sometimes he just screams for her and just, Mm -hmm. he literally will slap me and push me away or he'll be crying. I'll put him down because he's like, falling out of my arms anyway and then he'll tell me like go away dad dad go away go away and he puts his hand out saying he just doesn't want me to be there i never leave i just i give him space and i just i verbally just say like okay like you're i just want you to know you're safe and i'm here and when you're ready and then a minute or two and then i ask him do you can i pick you up do you want to get picked up and what i feel like it's done is he fell the other day and he it took like 25% of the time it used to for me to actually get him to calm down. And it just, mm. it empowered me in this way that was like, cause I, I feel like I had learned that I, I really relied on Jaylee's breasts as much as Antler did to calm him right. down. <laughs> I was just like, I can't do this. This is too much. Like, just, just please just take right. him. And it, so now I feel just so much more like, yeah, like, you know, he fell and I'm here and I'm, I'm learning techniques and him and I are developing a relationship that's deeper and more connected when he is in a state of fear or pain, right? Cause a lot of times it's like the fear of like what just happened, right? Cause they just like fall out of nowhere and they're like in shock. So, you know, recognizing that like he's safe cause I'm, I'm here, like he's safe in his body. He's fine. And then also just like the pain factor that like, you know, you can get through this pain, like him learning that, Mm. that the pain isn't, isn't going to be forever and you can work through this pain. And then for me, knowing that like, you know, he will eventually stop crying. Like he will, it will happen. He will calm down. And I just feel like more empowered now. So when Jane Lee takes her time or she goes out of the house, I just don't feel like, I really need her anymore. When in the past, I mm. would literally just be like, okay, well, like, what do I do if he falls? Or like, I've literally called her while she was out during taking her own personal time and been like, antler fell. Like, are you close? Can you come by? Um, and it just really didn't allow me to 
step into that particular part of fatherhood of, of being able to comfort my child and believing that I can do that. And te- and like him believing that I can too. Right. Cause I, I he definitely learned like dad, dad doesn't know how to take care of me when I fall. Right. Like, like this is not happening. I think that's why he even says like, you know, he doesn't want me to even touch him a lot of times. He just like says, no, he's very, he sets his clear boundaries of like, no, go away. Like he literally will tell me to go away. Um, so yeah, that would definitely be something that is a new change that I'm really grateful for. It's hard, but I'm really grateful that it's happened because I feel just better. I just feel more well-equipped. Like mm-hmm. everything's fine. Like if you need to go away, like it's all fine. It's all fine. That, yeah, that's a big, because it's not about him. It's about you. Oh, absolutely. Right. 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 It's like my kid's crying. I can't deal with it. Right. Right. And I think yeah, eventually same, same with me at bedtime. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and then I think you teach them that you can't deal with it. Right. Exactly. We, t- well, we teach them a habit that if I cry, I get, I get milk. Right. 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 And, right. And like, you know, daddy doesn't have that. So right. go away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, cause he, cause you're in that moment, you're not safe. Right. Because right. you can't take care of me. Exactly. Exactly. Right. So now it's reteaching yourself that you're safe and you can take care of your kid and your kid realizing like you're safe and he can take care of you. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a, it's a really euphoric moment when, you know, you know, kids like it's like they're crying and then all of a sudden they're just not. And they're just like, yeah. you know, they still have tears coming, but he's like, Oh, that's that red car, red car. Right. And I'm like, okay, right. here, we're changing the subject. Right. Good to change. Yep. Falling is done. Let's play with the red car. Yeah. <laughs> Ruby was on the 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 slide at our playground on our playset. Mm-hmm. She was standing on the bottom of the slide but in a squat position looking at the ground. <laughs> right? And then a kid came pouring down the slide oh, no. and ran into her and she went face first into the ground. The ground stopped her fall. <laughs> and it's just grass. We don't have, you know, chips or anything like that. Thank goodness. Yeah, thank goodness. And the face, like her face is what stopped her fall. And it, she, I picked her up. Immediately she started crying, right? <laughs> so I just went over. I picked her. I was like, this is the one. I'll go get her. Because a lot of times when the kids get hurt, I just let them. I don't run up to them. I just let them deal with their thing. And if they need support, they'll come over to me. Right. I don't like chase after them if they fall or something. Right. But this one, I was like, this one's bad. You know, so mm-hmm. and she was crying in a way that that is a panic kind of cry. And she got like grass in her mouth and she's like, I'm taking the grass out while she's crying and this, and I'm just holding her. I'm not saying anything to her. I'm just there holding her and Kate's laughing. I'm laughing because it was hilarious. Like (laughs) the way she fell, it was like those funniest home video things like, you know, right in the ground. (laughs) So, but it just, it got to the point where I'm just holding her and then she just finally calmed herself down, you know, and she's still crying and she's like, I was just looking at something in the ground. I was just there. Because in her mind, she's like, why did I have to hit the ground? I was just looking at something. There's no logic. Yeah. And she's like, (laughs) I don't get it. And I was like, yeah, Tucker ran into you. You know, it was an accident. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but in her, she just like, it switched from being like, I'm hurt to, I just was looking at something in the grass, you know? And then like a minute later, she was fine. You know, she's laughing, doing the whole thing. But yeah. Yeah, it is that it's just like kids get hurt. Like that's part of the game, you know, right. just like us as humans. Look at me with my skin and my broken knee, right? This year. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's a big. It, that, that's cool. I'm glad that that's switching. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You me know? too. And Jaylee, I think, is the most excited. Antler's the Probably. least excited. He's the yes. least. I'm the second, and Jaylee's at the top there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's that's good. Uh, number three for me is. This is kind of. Um, I know this. This cannot work for everyone based off their situations if they choose to have kids and who they're having them with, etc. Right. But this is something that's been very vital for us. Has been making sure I'm on the same page with Kate. So as the mother of my child, we are on the same page for mm. pretty much ninety nine percent of things, mm-hmm. or like ninety eight percent when it comes to our kids, like the same bedtime the way we feed them, Mm. the way we are about medications, the way we are about school, um, the way when it comes to homework, when it comes to pressure around sports or like doing activities, when it comes to seeing friends, um, that by far, I, you know, it's like if parents are separated or divorced and then they get remarried, then it brings another adult into it. Like it adds complication. Right. So I want to make sure that everyone that's listening it's like I have compassion for your situations, but I also know there's a lot of people that have, I've come in contact with a lot of people that have had kids with people and they realized like maybe they shouldn't have had kids with people, but you have this kid now. So now you got to figure out what to do. Right. Right. But I think for us, it's, it's so much easier because like what happens is Penelope now is starting to play off of each other is she'll come to me and I'll be like, no, or whatever. And then she'll go to Kate and Kate will be like, no, for the same freaking thing. Right. Right. So we are saying yes to the it's yes and no to the same things almost without even talking about it. And then if we, there is a decision that needs to be made, but neither one of us want to make the decision. It's just like, let me go talk to mom about it first. Mm. You know, let me talk to your mom about it and let me talk to, you know, so then we get on the same page before we actually tell the kid because it gets confusing for them when there's two different perspectives right and there's two different views and if i'm dead set that my kid's gonna play baseball with me and kate's like that's so stupid why are you doing that it's gonna cause a rift in the marriage right right so the way that i we've looked at this is that our marriage it's like a venn diagram for those of you that know what that is but just think of like those intersecting circles Mm -hmm. um that we've seen in many charts but like we have the marriage is in like Kate and myself are our own circles. Our marriage is an intersecting circle between the two of us. And then our kids is an intersecting circle between like the two of us plus our marriage. So we really focus on our marriage as a couple, but then that relates to our children as well. So it just, it makes life a lot easier when we're on the same page and speak. This is a podcast about men. What I have seen for running a business of women entrepreneurs over and over and over again there's a lot of women that are afraid of their men in their life and they're afraid mm. to share their opinions and they're sh- afraid to share what they actually want and they desire and they need because their partners are like sometimes assholes. Other times that's <laughs> the ego gets in the way. Other times they're afraid of the change. So I would say that's, you know, I can, I can talk about this for a lot longer, but by far number three for me when I was lighting this out was like, the fact that Kate and I are on the same page with so many things and it doesn't come natural, right? It's like, cause if you take a lineage into the situation, my parents are still married after 30 some years. Mm-hmm. Kate's parents were divorced when she was 16. So we both, we both show up into a relationship with a lot of baggage from a lot of lineage that's be- came before us. 
but we do the work to create that like synchronicity between the two of us that allows us to both fully show up for our kids. I love that. Yeah, no, you always, I had divorced parents. And so it was two very different conversations with each parent. Yes. Right. It was like, well, mom's going to say no, but dad doesn't know the whole story. So I bet you I can get him to say yes. He'll be like, right. of course you can go on that camping trip. And my mom will be like, you can't go on that camping trip. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like not with those people or, you know what I mean? Um, that type of stuff. Um, and then being able to just kind of get the two of them against each other. And yeah, then, you know, someone always gives in and you win. But yeah, no, I think that's great. I think getting on the same page is so, so important. So and if important. you are divorced, like I've heard this, we, we had some people on the Kate and Mike show when we were doing our podcast that talked about this. They said the worst thing you can do for your kids is to, is to talk crap about your partner to your kids. Yep. Right. Cause it puts them in the middle of your drama and it's like figuring out the place that you guys can come to it. Cause it's not like you're going to get away from these people, right? Like you might despise them after the marriage ended or something. But like you're attached to this children child for the rest of your life. Right. So you can make your life miserable if you choose to do that or really sit down and have a conversation. And that might be a you might need a therapist, right? You might need to bring somebody else that's in there to actually have a mediation a media mediation. Is that the con is that right? Sure. Or like to like find middle ground where you two can function with this child. Right. Right. And I, I feel like that's it's they I forget who was talking about this on the podcast, but in the show notes, we can put that in there um, for the Kate and Mike show. But just it became really apparent is like. It's it's the benefit of the child in a situation that's like that. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. No, I I have uh, definitely can vouch for that as a child who didn't have, you know, sometimes I have to look you know, my mom didn't talk the best about my father. And then my father just never talked ever about anything, <laughs> which wasn't really good either. Cause he never even shared his own feelings or whatever. Um, but I mean that I, I still to this day think like, okay, did this actually happen to me or did I learn this mm. about my parent? What do you like, think it would have been like if your mom, let's say your dad remained the same. Mm-hmm. Right. He just didn't talk to you about anything. But what would have been like in this hypothetical situation if your mother didn't talk about your father the way that she did? You know, I just I just don't know. I think there's only the the rose colored glasses. Yeah, because I don't know what that would be. Right. Like, oh, oh, I, I would have true. a great relationship with my dad. And dad, I was like, I don't know. Like, I, I, I really don't know. I have no idea. All I know is what did happen. And. Mm -hmm how that affected me and how the awareness of that has drastically helped me heal in many mm -hmm. ways. So, you know, yeah. Yeah. Cause it's, see, my parents are still married, but it, there's both my brother and my mom or my brother and myself have told my mom that y my dad and her need to see a therapist mm. and not use our children as therapy. Because yeah. even though they're still married, like, they're using, the, you know, my mom sometimes uses us kids as processing for stuff in her own marriage. Right, right, right. I mean, yeah, it even goes back to what you're saying, like, you know, maybe finding some type of counseling or therapy for people who do, are divorced 
And if you don't get along with your partner and you can't really have those conversations because all of the emotional stuff comes up, Mm -hmm. then finding someone who's maybe good at, you know, specific in childcare and coming up with like, you know, a game plan. Like this is what we say yes to. This is what we say no to. This is if we don't have a clear answer, then this is how we communicate in order to get a clear answer. Right. Right. Oh, that's great. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Go ahead. You're you're up. Yeah. Number three. Yeah. So it's funny because cause like I said, I have a bunch of them and I'm just like, you know, I don't want to piggyback off of you with everything because <laughs> that's because my last one is like a partner thing. Right. Because I mean, that's yeah. we are still we're in marriages. We're no one's divorced in here. So it's like, you know, the partner is such a big part to your fatherhood journey is who your partner is and how you, what your relationship like with is with them. So my, I have connecting with your partner. So in a different Mm. way that you were saying, which was more about like getting on the same page as far as kids. But I think that my fatherhood journey is a lot about learning what it is to be a father in the family dynamic, because, you know, I, I have a father and he was in my life, but I live full-time custody with my mom. So it was just a different father was, was there and then wasn't, and was there and then wasn't in this very repetitive fashion. Um, so for me, like the biggest thing I learned is just like, I have to, I have, yes, being a father is awesome and that's related to antler, but it's also related to Jenny Lee, my wife. Like I Mm. couldn't be one without either of those two people in my specific circumstance. And so just learning to actually connect, like you got to take time, like you're going to have to schedule stuff like you, like you have to, like, we have to schedule date nights. We have to schedule sex sometimes because it's like, it's not going to happen unless it's on the agenda because it's Mm -hmm. just, you know, it's exhausting, you know, and there's so many other that many times. Yeah. There's so many other things you could possibly be doing. Right. And then what I think Jane Lee and I have been learning this is just that like, it is so easy to let the connection with your partner be the, at the bottom of the list. The yeah. very, like everything is coming before it. Cause you're like, well, you know, we're married and like, we sh- we live in the same house and we share the same finances and we, sh- you know, we sleep in the same bed. Like, what do you mean? Like, you know, we're connecting and it's like, no, like you're at, you're really not connecting. You're just like talking about your day. And you're living with someone who also shares the responsibility of taking care of this child, but are you actually connecting? Are you even holding hands anymore? Are mm-hmm. you kissing before when you come in and leave? Are you hugging? Are you, you know, just, just connecting. I think when I say even connecting, it's, I'm talking about both, like in the verbal connection of the emotional yep. and, and the, physical. the physical. Because again, like just the amount of people that, you know, like sometimes I X, sometimes I have, clients and stuff and i just will say like are you having sex do you kiss do you do you hold hands like when you're out do you hold hands like just a basic question because you probably spent many 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 hours days weeks of your life before depending on how long you've been together before kids holding hands how long have you held hands in the last seven days right even just like sitting on the couch right sitting on that couch it's like all of a sudden you, you find you're on one side of the couch and your partner's on the yep. other. And you're like, wait yeah, a it second. changes. I mean, like I had a conversation with a buddy of mine recently. He was just telling me some stuff and I could tell in the middle of when he was sharing, I was like, he's commenting on his wife who gave birth body. Mm. You know, I knew it and mm. I knew it. And I was like, 
they've had a problem with this. And this is this is like great friends of ours, but they've been in the fitness industry their whole life, right? So they've right. just looked at bodies in this way that like I look at a body on the cover of a magazine way different than they do. They like pinpoint around, you know, it's like they are meticulous around it. Like I can right. look at a building and how it's built the way they look at a body and how it's built. Mm. Right. And so, yeah. And I was just like, dude, you can't do that. Like the body that you knew before kids, it's no, it's not coming back. Right. It'll never be the same. That's there again. So you can't do the comparison thing. Mm. And then it's like that pushes away. And for even for Kate and I, you know, we've had just like, what it's been like intimacy wise, but even just getting to the place where we can just like hang out on the couch and touch. Right. right? It's like, it's like just getting to the place, not there's nothing sexual about it. It's like her hand on my leg mm-hmm. for an hour <laughs> doesn't move or my hand on her leg for one hour and it doesn't move. It's just, and for me, it's been the, I think for the guys, we're so driven to the kind of what we talked about in the last episode where it's about the transactional versus the transformational. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we are so transactional where it's like, okay, she's touching me. Now we're going to have sex in an hour right? or like in five minutes. Right. right. And it's like, it goes from her touching my leg to we are naked in bed. Right. <laughs> right. There's no, <laughs> what I've learned about my wife, it doesn't work like that. Right. <laughs> so it's, it's this place where it's just like creating the intimacy, slower connection, mm. and, you know, for that place. And I think after, with two careers or like running a business together, living together, working together. Mm-hmm. We spend a lot of time together, but it's, it's like what you're saying. It's just like, how much have you held hands lately? Right. Like have we, have we, have we started the spark? Like the spark has to happen before the fire happens. Right. So yeah, I think it's so important. That's great. I love this yeah. recommendation or this takeaway. It's not, I guess it's a recommendation plus your biggest takeaway. Right. Right. No, I think, uh, and, and honestly, like I, I just have a list of, of so many more things that it's, this could be, we could do a whole season of podcasts. Do a bonus. On... Give us four, Aiden. Give us four. Okay. All right. Let's see. I, I only have... did. I only did. I only wrote down three. So why don't you? Okay. So I have self-care, how important mm. filling up your own cup is, because that's been, you know, being able to fill up my cup is so important to even having time or space for Antler or Jane Lee. Um, I put gender stuff. I just put the word gender stuff because, you know, that's been a very interesting and I'm sure we will talk more in depth about that in the future podcasts. Just, Probably not. This I, is it. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. That that won't be the whole, you know, we'll never talk. We'll never mention that again. Um, we'll just call, we'll have a whole podcast that says, welcome to the state of men, Aiden and Mike, and we're going to talk about gender stuff. Okay. Thank you so much. Right. Have a great rest of the day. Yeah. All right. See you later. Um, yeah. And then one thing is very related to being trans, which is just like what it was to like raise a son having mm. transitioned at the age of 22 and just like the fears of, of that. Um, and that, there was pretty much two of them. It was like the fear of raising the son, having not experienced, you know, being seven, eight, ten, little male child. Um, and then the back end of that is just, you know, like another trans thing related, which is just like the jealousy factor that he's going to be going through things that I wish that I could have gone through and feel mm. like I, for lack of better terms, just feel like I went through the wrong thing. It was like, you know, it's like you went, you know, like 
maybe this is a silly comparison, but it's like, you know, you, you go to school for writing music and then you actually get a job in architecture or something. And you're like, oh my gosh, what a yeah. waste. Like that was not the right, I, I should not have gone through that thing. Um, so that was, those were the fourth extra things for me. Cool. Thank you. Well, thanks so much for listening, everyone. Definitely let us know some for if you're a father out there listening, what are some of your biggest takeaways? And where can they let us know these takeaways, Aiden? Uh, they can go to our Instagram at the state of men, drop it there under today's episode post, or you can also and you can also go to iTunes, leave us a five star review, tell us some of your takeaways. That'd be awesome. Some of your things about being a father or not maybe some of your fears or something you know <laughs> some of the things you're getting ready to learn and you can also just leave us a review which helps us out it is a simple quick thing for you to do to help uh get us pushed up and get this conversation really started for men out there i think it's really good for our whole community men women non-binary folks everyone involved thank you so much for listening we'll see you All on right. the next episode peace